The Atlanta Braves win a highly entertaining but also a very exhausting series over the Cincinnati Reds this past weekend with Matt Olson leading the way on offense. Also, we'll update you with everything going on at the minor league level on this week's Miners Monday episode. All that on today's episode of Locked On Braves. So let's get into it. You are Locked On Braves, your daily Atlanta Braves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hey, welcome back to Lockdown Braves, part of Lockdown Sports Atlanta, where we cover your favorite Atlanta sports teams each and every day. I am your host, Jacob Mastriani. You can follow me on Twitter at shortstopball. Also, make sure you check out my written work over at bravestoday.com. Make sure you follow the podcast on Twitter at lockdown underscore braves. Send in any questions, comments, or feedback that you have for the podcast. If you're new on YouTube, hit that subscribe button. If you're watching there, hit that thumbs up button as well. We're cl- close, really approaching 6,000 subscribers on YouTube. So, Appreciate all the support there. Thank you so much for making Lockdown Braves your first listen of each and every day. We post episodes daily, five days a week, Monday through Friday, and are free and available on all platforms. Plus, we have the postcast with Grant McCauley as well, which you can find on Locked On Sports Atlanta after just about every Atlanta Braves game this season. Thanks, as always, to my everydayers out there. I'm still trying to catch up in the comments. You have been killing it in the comments section here lately and with the views, so I thank you so much for that support. Try my best to get to all of those, but thank you to everyone who continues to let me know that you are an everydayer. On today's podcast, we're going to break down this weekend series against the Reds, which was highly contested, highly entertaining, also highly, highly exhausting when you got through it. But the Braves do come through with the series win over the hottest team in baseball in the Cincinnati Reds. We'll discuss all of that, the pitching, Matt Olson. The offensive display that was on on in Cincinnati, and we'll do our miners a Monday recap, and then we got some news to get to as well. Uh, AJ Smith Shaver sent down, possibly could see Michael Soroka later in the week as well. We'll set you up for the AL Central leading Minnesota Twins series coming up this week. Let's start with the weekend series against the Reds, though, and I hate to continue to use this word because it was enjoyable, but it was exhausting, and you heard a lot of the players and Brian Snicker as well after the game talk about, you know, it just felt like it was a, a football game. I think Austin Riley's quote is it felt like he played three football games in a row. Snit said, I don't know if I've ever been this exhausted after a series before. It was that type of series, just each team, you know, throwing haymakers back and forth, back and forth, the pitching not great really for either side in this series. So you had two really good offenses who are both really hot right now, just slugging it out in all three of these games, all decided by one run. In fact, the Braves and Reds have played six times this year, and every game has been decided by one run with the Braves coming out in five of those. So a really good, fun series. I think if you're a Reds fan, you become out really encouraged as you went toe-to-toe with one of the best teams in all of baseball I think that somewhat solidifies them and and validates them as becoming a really good young team. Obviously, you know, the pitching side of things for them needs to get better. I know they're missing a couple guys right now and Hunter Green and Nick Lodolo, but, you know, that Reds offense, I mean, it it wasn't, and we'll get into the pitching side of things for the Braves, but it, it wasn't just bad pitching and that was in there. It was also just some really good at bats by those Reds hitters and made some really good swings. It also 
was the largest attendance for a three-game series in the park's history, which is crazy crazy because Great American Ballpark's been around for a while. But that just shows the level of excitement that Reds fans have right now for this team. And I think Braves fans as well. There's a very good Braves contingent there, and they understand you know, what this Reds team is going through and just how exciting they are. You listen to this podcast. I told you a couple weeks ago when they called up Ellie De La Cruz, I said this will be one of the more exciting, fun teams to watch the rest of the way, and I watched. I watch a lot of Reds games now, even before this series, because it is just an exciting team to watch. And you could feel that in the energy in that ballpark this weekend. So it's great for the Reds. I think this series was great for Major League Baseball. You got to see Ronald Acuna Jr. and Ellie De La Cruz, who I think are going to be two of the most exciting talents in the game for the next several years now. Uh, So that was fun as well. Uh, What McLean did, especially in this last game, Matt McLean coming up. Uh, it was great for the Reds. So, I mean, this was just – it was a fun series, especially, you know, Friday night, and that's the game the Braves lost. I thought that was one of the better games of the season. But even after winning the next two, I was just kind of over it at the end just because the pitching was so bad. And, look, the ballpark is a factor in all of this, and it just – it felt like every out was huge. Any out, any time a pitcher could give you a zero in an inning, it just felt huge in this series and it's not my cup of tea i'm more of a defensive you know pitching type of guy but man it it made for some entertaining games some really close games you never felt like you had a comfortable lead in this one more times than not i'd feel pretty comfortable with a three-run lead late in the game not in against that team not the way they're swinging the bats right now and definitely not in that ballpark so glad that the rays were able to come out and get a win and now they're the first national league team to 50 wins this year. I mean, think about that. We're not to the all-star break and the Braves have 50 wins. You talk about them just making the postseason, not even talking about them winning the division. You're talking about them maybe maybe needing just 40 more wins to get to 90 wins to make the postseason. Typically, you win 90 games, especially with the expanded postseason, you're going to get in. Braves are already at 50. So great start to the season. Obviously, a great month of June. But let's break down this series a little bit further and let's start with the bad and let's start with the pitching because the pitching was not great. And as I mentioned, you got to give a lot of credit to these Reds hitters had some good at bats. They took a lot of walks in this weekend, in this weekend series when the Braves pitchers made mistakes, they made them pay, had a lot of home runs in this one. No starter for the Braves went more than five innings and Charlie Morton was lucky to get through five innings, took 103 pitches to do so and, After the third inning, I thought there's no way he gets through five. It was a really gutty performance by Charlie Morton to be able to do that. Five innings, three earned, feels like a huge win for a starting pitcher in this series and helps save the bullpen a little bit as it got a lot of work in this series. You look at the pitching on the weekend for the Braves, and really, for me, it comes down to 15 walks, three hit batters, especially in that A.J. Smith-Shawver start. He hit one, and then Colin McHugh came in and hit two. So those were the three hit batters on the weekend. But the 15 walks, and then you combine that with the nine home runs given up by the Braves pitching staff, that's going to lead to a lot of bad outings. And the Braves have struggled with walks at times, and you're throwing in you know, two rookie starters in that that you know attributed to it. But just overall, the entire pitching staff, just didn't throw a lot of strikes. Weren't very uh, good with their location. Charlie Morton had three walks as well. You know, I'm not trying to make excuses here, especially not for 39-year-old Charlie Morton, but maybe more so for the rookies. Were they pitching scared? Because this lineup was 
so good and it felt like if they made contact it was something loud so were they trying to be more fine with their pitches which can sometimes lead to more walks can sometimes lead to more mistakes or the ballpark factors I think definitely for both teams you could see some balls hit in this game Matt Olson's home run that ended up giving them the win or leading to the win on Sunday he that ball should not have gone out there's no way that ball should go out I mean there was there were several home runs hit in this series that it just felt like there's no way these balls should have gone out. Great swing by Matt McClain, but it's a it's a fastball down and in to a righty, and he somehow is able to get to that pitch. And again, it's a great swing, but he hits it out to right center field. Uh, there were just some swings in this series that you don't normally see get out of the ballpark. So there were some ballpark factors in this, but also just not great location, not great command from these Braves pitchers. And you combine the walks with giving up nine home runs, and it's going to lead to a weekend like the Braves pitching staff had. And we discussed it last week as well. The starting pitching, it looked like it was trending down. It has not been great in the month of June. It's more in the back half in terms of ERA in Major League Baseball for the month of June. The good record has been because of the offense. And you really hope Max Reed comes back soon and he comes back and looks like the Max Freed that we know and love and that he can stay healthy because – Braves got to have that to settle down this rotation. I don't know how much longer you can count on guys like Jared Schuster and A.J. smith Shaver, who ended up getting option on Monday, not necessarily because of performance, but just because they need some pitching. Elder's been great. I, I, don't, I don't worry too much about Elder. There probably will be some regression there, but I still think he's going to be a solid mid-rotation starter. Charlie Morton, his inconsistencies have worried me. He's pitching more like a, a fourth fifth starter even at sometimes uh, I, th I still think he has middle rotation starter in him when he pitches at his best got to have Strider back to what he can be and what he was his last outing so really looking forward to seeing that on Monday and then you got to have Max Freed back and when that happens I think things will settle down a little bit but there's no doubt the Braves are getting by right now because of their offense I do want to mention one good pitching performance from the weekend Kirby Yates Two and two-thirds innings, one hit, no walks, no earned, four strikeouts. That could be a huge development in that Braves bullpen. He had a really good weekend. Speaking of good weekends, Matt Olson, five for 13, four home runs, eight runs batted in, two walks, and no strikeouts for Matthew Olson. We know when he puts the ball in play, he's making loud contact. When he's getting hits, it typically is of the extra base variety he now has seven home runs in his last nine games and you look at his slash line in june 244 330 558 eight home runs 18 rbi 11 walks and 23 strikeouts now you still have four more games in the month of june but he's cut down on that strikeout rate every month so far and it looks like he's going to do that again in the month of june over 40 strikeouts in april is down to 32 in May, and now it looks like he could finish the month of June with under 30 strikeouts. So you're seeing him cut down that strikeout rate, batting average going up a little bit. I'm still honestly surprised we're not seeing him hit for a higher average, but I mentioned this before, he's not a ground ball hitter. So, you know, I didn't uh, factor that in when I was talking about the shift going away and him maybe getting more hits to the pool side, but he's not a ground ball hitter. He's putting the ball in the air, which is what you want which is leading to all those extra base hits. He's now tied for Otani with the league lead in home runs at 25. He's first in the National League and runs batted in with 60, just one behind Otani for the league lead. I think he likes hitting in that fourth and fifth spot in the lineup. I think that's been a good change for him, giving him obviously some more 
run production opportunities. Uh, but I like the move, and hopefully they'll leave them there for a little while, see how it goes. But again, it's been a, a good trend, especially over the last couple of weeks now in the power department for Matt Olson, and really on the month. Again, you've seen him cut down that strikeout rate. You're seeing that average more around 250, which again, you can hit 250, especially if you're going to get on at 330, 340 clip and hit 40 to 50 home runs like he's on pace for and driving 100 plus runs. What more could you ask for out of a cleanup hitter in your lineup? So Matt Olson looking really good in that fourth and fifth spot. The offense you know, leading the way as they have all in this month of June. 24 runs on the weekend on 39 hits. And the game they lost on Friday, they had 16 hits. But 24 runs, 39 hits on the weekend, 15 walks, nine of those coming on Sunday, and just 19 strikeouts. This is a trend for the Braves as well, and I think it probably coincides a little bit with Matt Olson's trend of, of cutting down on the strikeouts. Braves didn't have more than 10 strikeouts in any game over the weekend, and you look at where they are strikeout-wise, they have really done a, a much better job of limiting the strikeouts, and you've seen this offense take off as a result, I think, in part, because of the lack of strikeouts. Five doubles, 10 home runs, so they out-homered the Reds by one on the weekend. A lot of extra base hits by the Braves, which they're accustomed to doing. Best offense in baseball, been saying it for a while now, especially since Michael Harris got going. I tweeted this out on Sunday night. You look at the OPSs in the Braves lineup, and I'm pretty sure, and I need to go back and double-check, everybody's over 800 except for Austin Riley and Michael Harris, and they're both in the 700s in OPS. That is just Absurd. When you think about a lineup and everybody OPSing over 800, it's the best lineup in baseball. I think they proved that over the weekend. Ron Acuna Jr., a big part of that, had a home run and one stolen base in each game, continues to do great things for the Braves. So the offense continuing to lead the charge in June. Next, we'll do our Miners Monday segment, talk about the best performances at the minor league level, some good hitters down there on the farm who are starting to make a name for themselves. We'll discuss that here next. For a championship team, it's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit. It's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. So the next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, you can be sure every part you need fits right the first time around. Just add your ride to my garage and look for the green check to know the part will fit or your money back. Because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game when you shop on eBay Motors. And with over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right price on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride eBay guaranteed fit only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. The Braves started three-game series with the Minnesota Twins on Monday night at 6.20 p.m. Eastern. Uh, uh, 7.20 p.m. Eastern, rather. They go from first-place team to in the NL Central to the first-place team in the AL Central. Catch every pitch of the Braves' hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Search Braves. All right, got a lot of good content coming out on the podcast this week. Obviously, have our Miners Monday episode today. We'll have our Taco Tuesday segment yesterday. Not sure what we're going to discuss there, so you have some ideas for the Taco Tuesday segment. Let me know. We'll have our stat of the day Wednesday through the league Thursday and mailbag Friday. Going to start getting close to the draft as well. We'll talk about that here later in this segment. But let's do our minor league recap going through with the top prospects on MLB Pipeline. Hopefully this is going to get updated 
pretty soon as well. Jared Schuster, I know, is about to graduate. Three and two-thirds innings, seven hits, no walks, four earned, two strikeouts, two home runs given up for Jared Schuster on the weekend. Again, rough weekend for every starter in Cincinnati. Uh, but Jared Schuster, not his best. He's been really solid since coming back up. You know, I, I've said I think he's fine as a, a fifth starter. I think he's probably the odd man out, even though I know Smith, uh, A.J. Smith-Shawver got optioned on Monday. We'll see what happens with Jared Schuster. They could technically skip him this week if they want to. Uh, but his worst start since coming back up. Owen Murphy, he's had a rough month of June, but he really turned it around this past week. Five and two-thirds innings, three hits, no walks, one home run, one run allowed on a solo home run, and 12 strikeouts. We're talking about player of the week potential for Owen Murphy, who had a big start down there for Augusta, maybe his best of his young professional career. A.J. Smith-Shawver, again, every starter had a little rough one there in Cincinnati. Three and third innings, four hits, two walks, one hit batter, five earned runs, gave up three home runs and four strikeouts. So a bit of a rough start there. The walks, the hit batters, the home runs, again, those added up rather quickly in Cincinnati. Braden Shoemake this past week, five for 16, two doubles, four walks, and just one strikeout. So a pretty solid week there for Braden Shoemake. You wonder if maybe he gets called up here pretty soon uh, to be a spot of infield, backup infielder on the bench with Charlie Culberson electing free agency. Spencer Schwellenbach, a really good outing as well this past week. Six innings, five hits, two walks, one earned, and two strikeouts. Hasn't been racking up the punch outs, but other than, you know, I think one or two maybe rough starts, he's been really good this year for Augusta. Darius Bynes, he's been out all year. We finally got an update on what's been ailing him. He does have shoulder inflammation. So obviously anything with the shoulder, pretty scary. So I understand why he's been out for a while, but haven't heard of any surgery or anything like that. So I'm sure he's trying to work his way back. Maybe we'll see him here pretty soon. Now that we actually have a report on what's going on for him. Ambioris Tavares, good week for him at Augusta. Six for 14, three doubles, a triple, two walks, and six strikeouts. Good to see him get going. I said from the very beginning for Tavares, it's more about how he finishes than how he begins. Hasn't had a lot of gameplay over the last couple of years because of COVID and injuries. So makes sense that he'd struggle in his first full professional season of baseball as he really has, especially with the strikeouts, but more interested to see how he finishes the year than how he begins. Dylan Dodd, Four innings, 10 hits, two walks, eight runs, seven earned, and one strikeout. It is uh, the most puzzling thing this season, I think, in Dylan Dodd, somebody who came into the season with a lot of helium, somebody who really impressed in spring training, and just for whatever reason has been not just bad, he's been awful this year, both at major league level and at the minor league level. It's just, it's almost like he needs a reset. Uh, I don't know what else you can you can do or say for Dylan Dodd. I, I really hate it for him. I was excited about him. I thought he could be a big piece of the the rotation. You know, a back end starter with maybe some mid rotation upside. Uh, he has looked nothing like that so far this year. A 7.94 ERA and a 1.84 WHIP. He's given up 56 hits and 39 and two thirds innings. It has been a rough go for Dylan Dodd this season. Ignacio Nacho Alvarez, 6-for-23 this past week, a double, four walks, five strikeouts, two stolen bases. Continues to get the hits, continues to get on base, still not showing that power. He is still just 20 years old, but 
again, continuing to show that hit tool and why it is so good and why I think he's going to be a solid hitter. Uh, if the power doesn't come, I still think he'll be a solid hitter and on-base machine, but would love to see that power tick up a little bit. Luis Guanipa, 6 for 22 this past week at the DSL. Two walks, four strikeouts, three stolen bases. He's moving up the ranks pretty quickly. Now going through each level, Ed Gwinnett, Von Grissom, 8 for 26, two doubles, a triple, no walks, five strikeouts. He just continues to hit. I know we've talked a lot about him lately. The past two mailbag episodes, we've talked about him as potential trade bait. Could he get moved? Yeah, it's certainly possible, and I don't think you'd lose too much sleep over it, but the bat is just so good, um, and I think it will play at the big league level, but he's just been on fire at AAA this year. Luke Williams, another candidate to possibly get called up for a bench roll here pretty soon. Six or 17, a triple, a home run, two walks, and two strikeouts this past week. Alan Winans, two games started this past week, seven and two-thirds innings, three hits, one walk, one earn, seven strikeouts. And his first start, his second start, six innings, five hits, four walks, three earn, and six strikeouts. But he's been good all year. Maybe another guy that could get an opportunity in the rotation at some point. But two starts this past week, both pretty solid, both quality starts. Michael Soroka, seven innings, one hit, two walks, one earned, a solo home run. He was one out away from pitching a seven-game no-hitter, and he gave up a solo home run. Also had nine strikeouts. Didn't really get to go, get really didn't get a chance to watch this one, but just looking at the analytics of it, it seemed like the fastball location was much better. Slider was really working for him. Still looked like he was leaving the sinker over the middle of the plate too much, and the changeup was just kind of all over the place. But encouraging stuff for him, and maybe we see him at some point this week. Justice Sheffield, once former top prospect, really rough first outing for Gwinnett, but bounced back this past week. Six innings, two hits, two walks, no earn, and five strikeouts. So very encouraging stuff there from Sheffield. At Mississippi, Justin Dean, six for 20 with two homers, two walks, and two stolen bases for the speedy center fielder. Bo Phillip, five for 15, a home run, and six walks on the week. On the pitching side, Domingo Robles, six innings, three hits, one walk, did hit a batter, two earned runs and seven strikeouts. Tanner Gordon, six innings, four hits, one walk, one earned, and five strikeouts. Both of those starters have been pretty solid all year at Mississippi. Down at Rome, David McCabe, six for 12, played in just three games. Not sure what that's about. Have to check on that. Two walks and three strikeouts. Keyshawn Ogan, six for 19, two doubles, a home run, five RBI, and a walk. Patrick Halligan on the pitching side, four and a third in relief, one hit, two walks, no earn, and six strikeouts. And then Cedric D. Grand Prix, I mentioned last week, only pitched two-thirds of an inning and then left, so was worried maybe there was an injury going on there. Did come back and pitch this week. The results weren't great. Four innings, gave up nine hits and four earned runs, but did want to at least update you and let you know that he did come back this week. So hopefully that means he's healthy. Down at Augusta, Justin Giannis, seven for 23 at the plate. Ethan Workinger, who's just been putting in work, all year long there, 6 for 17, a double, 6 walks, and 3 strikeouts. And then Giancarlos Lara, 4 and 2 thirds innings, 3 hits, 2 walks, no earn, and 10 Ks for Augusta. So that's your Miners Monday update from down on the farm with the Atlanta Braves. Just a little bit of MLB draft update. I'll have, obviously, some more coverage coming up here as we get closer to the draft in just a couple of weeks now. But latest from the College World Series, you have been watching these games. You're really missing out on some great baseball. You had the Paul Skeens-Rhett Louder matchup the other day, which was just 
some of the best baseball I think I've seen in a long time, especially from the pitching side of things. But then you had Ty Floyd for LSU in game one of the College World Series final. Struck out 17 Florida batters and had a similar spin rate of 2,300 RPMs as Spencer Strider. He's a guy, if the Braves wanted to go with that same sort of mold, they could take him at 24. I think he's going to be available there. I haven't really loved Ty Floyd on the whole this year, but if you want a high spin rate fastball and you feel like you can build on those secondaries, which looked good in his outing on Saturday against Florida, I think that could be an option for the Braves there in the first round if they wanted to take a shot on that guy who, again, comes from a similar mold. I don't know his work ethic and everything. Spencer Strider obviously is unique in that regard, but Ty Floyd has a very similar fastball, at least in terms of spin rate. Wyatt Lankford, dude, just absolutely mashes. You're seeing some big exit velocities from him. I know the Braves aren't going to get an opportunity to pick him, but you know, if you're just a baseball fan, a prospect fan, Wyatt Lankford hit another towering home run over the weekend, and he very nearly won game one for them, hit a ball 112 miles per hour that the left fielder just made an incredible catch on or else he would have walked things off for Florida and they would already be holding the trophy. And then Waldrop and Sproke for the Florida Gators, really rough outings in this College World Series final so far. You can see the stuff is there for him. Command just off for Waldrop in game two. Sproke really had to battle through game one in that series, but you can still see the stuff for both of them. Sprout would be available at the Braves at 24. I, I don't think they would jump on that, but I think he has really good stuff. I still think Waldrop probably with what he's done overall in the postseason is going to go before that 24 spot, even after the rough outing on Sunday. That LSU lineup has just been locked in, and they've had some really good at-bats against both of those guys, but I still like both of them. I think they both have really good stuff, probably top five stuff for me, at least in college arms in this draft. And then Tommy White. Not available in the draft this year. Dude's coming up with some big hits and some big home runs and is just a very exciting player. So those are some of my takeaways from the College World Series. Got one more game, final college baseball game of the year happening on Monday night. I know you got the Braves going on, but if you can get multiple screens going, make sure you watch the final between LSU and Florida. I think it's going to be a lot of fun, and you're going to see some really good prospects who are going to be having an impact at the big league level here pretty soon. All right, next, got some news to get to, including A.J. Smith-Shawver getting sent down and what that could mean for Michael Soroka. We'll talk about that here next. I mentioned Charlie Culberson. He did clear waivers and was outrighted to Gwinnett, but elected free agency. And I hate to hear that for Charlie Culberson. Certainly love him, want him back in the Braves organization. Hopefully there's no bad feelings there for what happened on Father's Day and him not getting to throw out the first pitch. I don't know if there's anything there. It's more more so likely that he just wants to see if there's an opportunity for him to actually play on a major league team somewhere and not just ride the bench for the Braves. But really a little surprised they didn't just put him back on the big league roster because you could have optioned Trump down with Murphy being healthy now, but we'll see what happens there. Hopefully Charlie does find a place where he can play somewhere at a big league level. If not, hopefully he does just come back to the Braves. Love having him in the organization. And then the big news on Monday morning, the Braves optioned AJ Smith Shaver for Derek Rodriguez. As mentioned, the Braves pitching staff got blown up over the weekend as no starter went more than five innings. Bullpen got really taxed. So, Makes sense for them to 
bring up some fresh arms that they could use in these next two games. Wasn't anything performance-wise really for A.J. Smith-Shawver. I thought he looked really good, especially in his first three outings. This one on uh, Friday against the Reds just you know, walked a couple batters, like I said, hit a batter, gave up three home runs. You know, that's going to happen in that ballpark sometimes. Uh, you know, control just got away from him a little bit. I think he'll be fine. Uh, but Braves need some fresh arms. And with doing that, do we see Michael Soroka now return? Obviously, you can't bring A.J. smith Shaver up for 15 days now unless an injury happens. So he can't come back on Wednesday, but Michael Soroka would be in line to make that start. He's been really good since the Braves sent him back down, at least you know numbers-wise. I still think he can be a solid fourth or fifth starter for the Braves right now. I still think there are things that he needs to improve on, even with the good numbers he's put up. Ed Gwinnett, just looking at the analytics of it, I still think there's some room for him to grow, but really excited. Hope it is him. Hope he does get another opportunity and another shot. But again, like they said the first time, when you bring him up, I, I want to see him there to stay, and I want to see him get you know, several starts to you know, kind of get his feet wet and get more back acclimated to the major league level and see if he can hold his own up there for a while. I hope it's not just a situation they bring him back up and then start yo-yoing him back and forth. But, uh, again, we'll see if it's him. Maybe not. Maybe the Braves have other plans. But it seems to be pointing towards Soroka getting an opportunity in A.J. smith Shaver's place to start Wednesday's game against the Twins. And the Braves start that series on a Monday night. The Twins, two games up on the Guardians in the AL Central with a plus 34 run differential. They're 20th in OPS on offense. They do have the seventh most home runs, but they also strike out the most in all of baseball. What's really been leading the Twins charge so far this year, they are third in ERA and first in whip. Really good pitching. Yon Duran in the bullpen, one of the best closers in baseball. Overall, they're fourth in K per nine and third in walk per nine. So they strike out a lot. They don't walk out a lot. It's a really good pitching staff over there. Braves are going to get to see Sonny Gray on Monday. Great April for Sonny Gray, 0.77 ERA, but he's been more like a four ERA pitcher the last two months. One thing he does well, he doesn't give up a lot of home runs, only two home runs on the year. So the Braves may have to take advantage of some of the walks that he gives up. He will walk a lot of batters and have to string some hits together in order to score some runs off Sonny Gray. But he has struggled more so over these last two months. And then he'll be going up against Spencer Strider. We need to see Strider just build off his last start against the Phillies. We saw that velocity tick back up some more, saw some better location from him as well with that fastball. So want to see him build off that. Hopefully he is starting to turn things around and become that Cy Young level type of pitcher once again. And the Braves need it. As mentioned, that bullpen really taxed over the weekend. You need some innings out of Spencer Strider on Monday night to help them out. And hopefully that offense can stay hot and put up some crooked numbers. The Braves start a three-game series with the Twins on Monday night at 7.20 p.m. Eastern start time. It'll be Spencer Strider versus Sonny Gray. Catch every pitch of the Braves' hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app, Search Braves. That will do it for this episode of a Lockdown Braves. Thanks so much for making us your first listen of each and every day. Make sure you follow the podcast on Twitter at Lockdown underscore Braves. Follow me at shortstopball. Also, make sure that you rate, review, and subscribe to the Lockdown Braves podcast wherever you get your podcast, and we will talk to you next time. Hey, this is Stacey Gotsoulias, DC Lundberg, Ryan Finkelstein, Taylor Blake Ward, host of Locked On Yankees, Locked On Mariners, Locked On Mets, Locked On Angels, and you're listening to Locked On Braves. Locked On Braves. Locked On Braves. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. 